up, everybody? Happy Tuesday. Hey, my name is Dylan, and uh, like you said, I work here at the Waters campus doing uh, student ministry stuff. So um, basically, I'm around the craziest people on the planet, uh, teenagers, you know, the middle and high school people who don't really know who they are or who they want to be, but they know how to do ridiculous things and break all of our stuff. So, um, man, so I've got a message for you guys tonight that I'm excited to share. Um, I know last week, who was here to listen to Pastor Craig's message uh, last Tuesday? Um, I got a chance to listen to that. It was um, really cool. And then um, I know Pastor Al had texted me, and I'm super thankful for this opportunity. Before we go any further, I want to ask you guys, can you guys pray with me before we move any further? Can we do that? Let's do it. God, thank you so much for today, for who you are, for the opportunity uh, to share a message that I believe that you have given me. I pray that for every single one of us in this room, that we would leave here better than we walked in, that somehow you would work in us, that you would work through us, that you would help us to become closer to the people you have designed us to be, Lord. Um, I pray that your will is done. It's in Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Amen. All right. So, um, Working here in student ministry is pretty cool. I do have a quick question that's not church-related. Is anybody here happy that basketball season is back, that the NBA is back on? Amen. Go Lakers. Go Lakers. All right. So we've been in this battlefield series was last week. So Pastor Craig talked about truth. He talked about what we think, understanding that there is such a thing as absolute truth. He went through all these different examples and talked about all that. So part of the battlefield inside of us is about the way that we think. And today what I'm talking to you about is that next piece. This is probably one of the more difficult ones as well, is what we say. So I titled the message because I thought it'd be fun. The title of the message is A Word, right? A Word, right? So why? Because we're talking about our words, our words, where do our words come from? How do our words make an impact? What do uh, we do when we can't control the words that are coming out of our mouth, right? How many guys have people in your life who you know, like, they light up the room as soon as they leave it. Anybody, like, y'all ever met somebody who, like, they're really difficult to be around, and so what you want to do is is you start to talk to them, and what you planned to say was, good afternoon. But what came out was, you suck, right? Like, or, you idiot, right? You know, and just, you can't even help, like, just some of the stuff comes out sometimes. And so what I want to give you is kind of this perspective of, how we can have a better control of our words. I'm going to read this passage. I believe it's going to be up on the screen for you in Matthew chapter 12. And it says this. It talks about really where our words come from. A tree is identified by its fruit. Quick pause. Um, when I ask you guys, you guys help me out. If I say, say fruit, can you guys say fruit? Okay. So I work with students who get real loud. Can you help me out? So say fruit. Amen. Thank you. All right. So A tree is identified by its fruit. If a tree is good, its fruit will be good. If a tree is bad, its fruit will be bad. And then Jesus turns on his roast game. You brood of snakes. How could evil men like you speak what is good and right for whatever is in your heart? Say heart. Whatever is in your heart determines what you say. A good person produces good things from the treasury of a good heart. And an evil person produces evil things from the treasury of an evil heart. And I tell you this, you must give an account on judgment day for every idle word you speak. The words you say will either acquit you or condemn you. So words can hurt. Words can heal. Words can bring humor. Words can inspire. Um, 
any of you guys know this? Uh, how many of you guys know that sometimes the people who we love the most or who love us the most, sometimes their words can sting the most? Anybody? So sometimes the people who cause us the most pain are the ones who share our last name, right? Like they're the same people in our family. I, I can tell you nobody on the planet is capable of frustrating me or making me more sad or the, the reverse, encourage me more than a family member. For whatever reason, no matter how old I've gotten, right, no matter how old I get, when my dad or my mom say something to me, right, it, it worked in elementary school, it worked in middle school, it worked in high school, it works as an adult, right? For, for any of us, if you get a new job, if you accomplish some big thing, when you graduated from college, when you have this big thing and your parents say something to you, it makes a difference. It makes an impact. Our words make a difference. Maybe for some of you, maybe it's been in dating relationships or in friendships. And you know the people who know you best know exactly how to hurt you. They know that sore spot that all they have to do is mention it. All they have to do is mention it, and it stings a little bit extra. And so the three areas I want to focus on tonight is that our words can impact these three things. Our perspectives, our people, and our purpose. Our perspectives, our people, and our purpose. I'm going to start with perspectives. When we are in something that is difficult... Um, I have been working at Grace Family Church now for a little more than a year, and working at a church is a really unique thing because when I've worked at other places, usually the way that you deal with conflict is you ignore it and try to avoid the other person. For me, I'm not saying that's the right way. I'm just saying that's how I've done it. But here at church, you work so closely with the people you're around, you can't afford, number one, for your own personal benefit, but also... For the sake of the church, if we believe that the message of Jesus is critical, if we believe that being united, of being together, of being locked in with other believers is the evidence. Uh, I don't know if you guys ever read this chapter. Um, you guys ever read the book of John before, one of the New Testament gospels, anybody ever? So there's this part of it where Jesus is speaking and he prays. And part of what he prays, he's like, Lord, he says, Father, I pray that they would be one just as you and I are one. So that believers would be united, that you believers would be together just as the Father and the Son are together. Now, listen, I don't know what you know about the Father and the Son, but they tight. Like, they're really close. Like, the Father and Son, they know each other. They've known each other for longer than we've known each other because they were there, like, in the beginning. And so they have a, this tight relationship, but he prays that we would be one just as the Father and Son are one. So when we use words that divide, when we use words that are negative or that break people down or talk worse of a situation than it actually is, when we doubt the hope that we have in Jesus, when things seem like they're at their darkest, we are taking away from the unity that Jesus prayed for for us. The other thing he talks about is that when we're united, when we're together, when people see how tight-knit we are as a family, again, let me go back to that same question. How many of y'all know there are some people on this planet who you might love from a distance, but you're never going to be best friends with? 
Anybody know anybody like that? Right? So, by the way, if you guys can help me out and just raise your hands if you are right this situation or not, that'd be great too. I just need your help because I like, I like seeing responses, all right? So, here's what we got. The body of Christ is surrounded with people who I would never, ever, ever, ever talk to if I wasn't a Christian. There are people who I would not give the time of day to, who I would not interact with, whose interests, whose background, whose experiences, whose personality is so vastly different from my own that I would not go out to be friends with these individuals. But because of Jesus, because of what he did on the cross, because of the mission that he's called me into, now I'm on the same team as these people. And now even though what I wish is that we could be divided, what I wish is that we could be separated, what I wish is that that we could leave them behind. Instead, I have to go to these people and find grace and find patience and find forgiveness and find a way to be united, even if nothing on the earth unites us, but that our mission from God is what keeps us together. And so that's why our words are so valuable because it keeps us together or our words can split us apart. Two things happen when we talk about perspectives. There's our self-talk and there's our situational talk. Our self-talk is what we say maybe about ourselves. So we get into a difficult spot at work. Maybe we are wanting to move into a different position or maybe into a different job. Uh, if it's a school thing, maybe we want to move into a different class or a different uh, major, whatever the thing. We're trying to find our future. We're trying to find a path. And our self-talk gets us in trouble. Because our self-talk will be... I can't do this. This is too exhausting. Is this even worth it? This is ridiculous. I can't, I can't deal with this person for one more minute. I don't care if this is the way I want to go. If I have to go this way with that person, I'm done. Right? In the same way, doubting our own abilities. Man, I got to follow that person. They're so much smarter than me. They have so much more experience. If it's a new maybe area in a job, it's like, well, they've been doing it so much longer. I have no idea how to even do it. I don't even know where to begin. I don't have any friends here. I don't have any help here. So I feel like I can't do it on my own. But if I don't have anybody to lean on, how could I possibly get to where I want to go? And so we talk to ourselves in that negative way. And here's the thing. When I talk about positive self-talk, that's not like this necessarily a self-help book. Y'all have like, they talk about things to say to yourself. Don't lie to yourself. Like, could you, have, listen, I feel like God has given me some things that, you know, he's given me to use for his glory, right? But I don't walk in the mirror and go, Dylan, you are six foot five, 250 pounds of pure muscle. Wow, you should put a sign above the mirror, handsomest man. Like, no, like what? Stop. You know what I mean? Like, you don't lie to your, you're the most brilliant person ever. Like, it, no, you don't do, why? Because you don't want to lie to yourself. What you do is you say, you can look at yourself and you can go, I'm loved by God. 
I'm loved by the body of Christ. I was actually chosen by God that the son of God loved me so much that he gave his life so that I can be forgiven. He actually filled me with his Holy Spirit, the same spirit that raised Jesus from the dead, the same spirit that performed all these different miracles that raised people from the dead. Jesus who walked on the water, who turned water into wine, who did all of these miracles, who gave sight to the blind. That same spirit is inside of me. And so I have a great power, not from me, but from God. The challenge, and I've spoken about this with our students before, is is I I went through about a two-year stretch where I was really heavy in depression. Like I was super, I was depressed. It was like this regular thing. It didn't matter what my circumstances were. It didn't matter what was going on in my life, no matter how great or how bad my day is. But depression, it weighs on you and it sits on you, at least in my experience. It sits on you and it's this heavy, heavy weight. And so the way to push forward, and what I believe the way you push forward is, is you have a faith that's greater than your feelings. So even though I feel something on the inside, I speak the truth about who I am in Christ to push through the things that are difficult. And so I mentioned that situational talk and that self-talk. So it's not just talking about ourselves. That situational talk is, this person's never going to change. This job's never going to change. This thing with my family's never going to change. And so you start to look, instead of there's hope here. <laughs> I can still pray here. There's light at the end of the tunnel here. This might be a chapter of my life, but it's not the whole story. So I know there's another thing coming. I can still believe. I can still prepare. Instead of going, oh my gosh, this thing is killing me. It's no, no, this thing's actually preparing me for something else. This thing's going to actually allow me to comfort somebody else when they're going through it. Because when God comforts me through this pain, I'm now going to be able to go back and comfort somebody else. And that is where we turn our negative situational talk into something more positive. Um, the truth is, I knew a student about a year and a half ago. He was 13 when he was diagnosed with cancer. And then he turned 14 that summer. And in about a four-month stretch, this student went from diagnosis to death. So at 14 years old, he dies from this disease. And I went and visited multiple times in the hospital. And what you saw on the visits was this constant deterioration of his body physically. Because if you guys have not had an experience with cancer, um, whether someone you know or whatever else, cancer, it like rips your whole body apart. It like just destroys you. At least this version did. And so when you go to see someone like that and you go through that type of pain, it's one thing to hold on to it. And to talk to yourself in a negative or a hopeless way. Because it, it was not a cancer of like, you know, we're going to do this treatment and we're going to do this surgery and, and, and hopefully like you'll be okay. And it, it was pretty much from the beginning, this is a death sentence. And so to speak to that student's parents, his aunt and uncle, um, his, his friends and his family, to go into those situations and have the opportunity to speak negatively or to try to bring a more positive, and and again, positivity doesn't mean lying. It's not, no, he's going to be fine. No, it's we're going to pray that he's going to be fine. And whether he's fine or not, we are going to love him so well through this 
that God forbid he doesn't make it, we are going to know inside that we did everything in our power to make these last few months the best few months that he's had in his life. And that's the power that we can share through our words. And so my challenge for you guys with that is when you see other people in those situations, when you're in difficult situations, I talked about three things, right? Perspectives, people, and purpose. So when you have these situations in your life, try to find the words that will guide you to that positive perspective. How can I Romans 8.28 this thing and make the most of a bad situation? Go on to this next thing. How can our words impact people? Does anybody in here have a sibling? Anybody have siblings? Okay, so if you have siblings in here, how many of y'all know your siblings can get on your nerves? I was expecting at least a few amens there, but okay, all right. So, it's okay. So, I have a younger brother. I have a younger brother, and I, I have a confession. This is a confession. If you want to pray for me, you can pray. When I was growing up, like middle school especially, I was a bad older brother. I, w- I was like a hitting older brother. I was like a, hey, so when my friends are here, um, do you know like the furthest place you can possibly be? Yeah, go there. Uh, like I was, I was not a good older brother. And, and so I know for me growing up, the words that I would say, the words that I would say would cut my brother down sometimes. And that's not ever a good situation. I had my dad one time, um, and, and I love my dad. We, we talked today, and, but when I was younger, him and my mom got into some stuff where they would argue a lot, and, and they would go back and forth. And one day my dad told me, he goes, if, if your mom and I would have gotten divorced, it would have been your fault. And I was like, come again? Right? Like, and like, so I hear that phrase, and I'm like, Oh, because that word hits me, right? This has been years. It's been years and years since that happened, and yet it still sits with me. It still sits with me. But you know what else sits with me? What sits with me? I think about the people in my life now. I think about the pastors in my life. I think about the leaders in my life, the people who encourage me. There's a guy who works here at the Waters Camp. His name is Michael Sutherland, and that guy goes out of his way on a regular basis to encourage me. And it's like, he, he owes me nothing. For the most part, our jobs don't really intersect that much. Um, he handles some different stuff on this campus, but our jobs don't really intersect. He doesn't have to encourage me. He doesn't have to show me any type of love or anything like that, but he does. And when he says these things, even when I'm feeling down, even when I'm feeling low, even when I feel like, man, I just can't go any further right now. All I need is a nap right? I just need to get some type of rest. And then he'll say something like, man, Dylan, you're killing it. Thanks. Right. You know, like, well, man, Dylan, the way you work with those middle school students, I couldn't do it. That's great. I'm like, you're right. No, I'm just kidding. (laughs) No, but, but like, you know, it's just one of those things where when someone encourages you, it makes you feel good and helps you. That's what it means, right? encourage, like courage is the ability to move forward in the face of fear. So when someone encourages you, they're giving you that ability that even through fear or through doubt or through pain, I can move forward anyways, right? So I can keep going because I'm encouraged. So when someone, hey, give encouragement to someone, it's not a pep talk that's like, hey, bud, you're wonderful. You know what I mean? It's like, let there be rainbows. Like, no, it's not, it's, it's like, 
No, you have a calling. You have a God-given gift. You have a mission that you're supposed to be on. And here's the beautiful thing about God is I don't even have to know any person in this room individually to know that God has a calling, right? Like I don't, all I have to know is God. And I know that there's a mission. That's why nobody in here could ever come to me and be like, I don't know, Dylan. I was talking to Jesus the other day and he was like, uh, I ain't got nothing for you. And I, be, I don't know that, I don't know that any of you guys talk like, anyway, so, <laughs> but, but you couldn't, why? Because I know, I know that God has that calling on our lives. I'm going to read this passage, and this is, this is so good. I'm going to like jump around in it. I don't think it's going to be on the screen, so just do your best listening. So, this is so good. This is in the book of James. So, I, I'm, I, I, just really quick, if I could talk. Um, how many of you guys have your Bible reading be the thing that gets pushed away when you're super busy? Does anybody feel like the Bible reading goes on kind of the back burner? That happens for me sometimes. And so I was reading this passage, and it like made me fall in love with the Bible like all over again. And it's just so good. So it says this, dear brothers and sisters. Can y'all say sisters? All right, there you go. Dear brothers, I think you spell S-I-S-T-A-H-S, sisters. All right, dear brothers and sisters, not many of you should become teachers in the church, for we who teach will be judged more strictly. Indeed, we all, say all, we all make many mistakes, for if we could control our tongues, we would be perfect and could also control ourselves in every other way. So hold up. If I could control my tongue, if I could control my mouth, I could control every other part of me too. I think that makes a lot of sense. I think that makes a lot of sense because I think what's easy is to be sarcastic. I think it's easy to talk trash. Okay, I'll just ask you guys this question. Have you ever, like, you're in a situation, maybe you got like, at a training for work, or um, you go, and even here at the exchange, like, you hear someone speak or whatever, or, or you, you talk in small group, and you have a conversation, and then you walk away, and then, like, the very first thing you say to somebody else, like, if it was about the small group, oh, my gosh, she could not stop talking. Oh, my, could he please just get on with it? The small group was supposed to get done at 9.15, and it's Sunday. Like, and so, and there's just, but why? Because it's so easy. It's so easy to just let out whatever we're feeling. It's so easy to just let, especially when we're comfortable with the people we're around, and it's like this thing where we just, we just say things. But it's important sometimes to, Take a breath, breathe a little bit, think about it. There's this uh, verse, and it's in James. It's not in this passage I'm about to read that I should have read like five minutes ago. Um, but it's James 1.19. You guys familiar with that one? That, that's the one, the quick to listen. There it is. Slow to speak. Slow to get angry. Hmm. You sure I can't be quick to be angry? I'm really good at that one. Uh, but quick to listen, slow to speak, slow to get angry. And by the way, it, I don't know if you guys ever feel like people who speak things and you're like, or some people say stuff and you're like, you're a hypocrite. Like, you know what I mean? Like, you're so fake. Like, you said this thing. But just so you guys know, I'm so bad. Th this is my lock screen on my phone. The, this Bible verse, like 100%. And there are days where I'm like, 
I'm starting getting annoyed with people, and I'm just like, quick to listen, slow to speak, slow to get angry. Quick to listen, slow to speak, slow to get angry. Quick to listen, nope, slow to speak, slow to get, you know, like you just have to repeat it to yourself and just, but um, that's really important for us. So I'm going to read this passage. So I read all that point to the control ourselves in every other way. It goes on. It talks about you can make a large horse go uh, by a bit in its mouth. You can turn a ship with a small rudder in the same way the tongue is a small thing that makes grand speeches. Can you all say grand? Any of y'all, when you said grand, thought of like $1,000? Anybody? No? Okay, just me? All right, that's cool. Because the way my bank account is set up, I got to. But all right, but it goes on. But a tiny spark can set a great forest on fire. And among all the parts of the body, the tongue is a flame of fire. Catch this part. It is a whole world of wickedness, corrupting your entire body. Here it is. It can set your whole life on fire, for it is set on fire by hell itself. That's tough. That's like to, to, to believe that the tongue has all of this wickedness set on fire by hell itself. We know the damage that our words can do. If I'm starting to sound repetitive, good. A lot of times as a Christian, I haven't been a Christian for too long. I became a believer when I was 19, so I haven't been a Christian for too long. But, but I can tell you this, that as I've grown in faith, there's one thing that I've learned. There are some times where Christianity is complicated. Most of the time, it's not. Most of the time, it's not that difficult to understand. It's just difficult to live. It's not super difficult. Don't kill anybody. All right, good. I'm going to try to keep that on. Got it. Right? Do not steal. Uh, fine, right? And, you know, but like, it's pretty straightforward, but don't lie. But then it gets to like the ones about don't gossip. Well, <laughs> right? Like don't, like, there's some of the ones that are a little bit harder, right? Love your enemies. Um, you sure I didn't say shove your enemies? I thought it, but <laughs> so some of these things get really difficult to do, but for the most part, they're pretty easy to understand. I'm going to keep going this verse. People can tame all kinds of animals, birds, reptiles, and fish, but no one can tame the tongue. It is restless and evil, full of deadly poison. Say poison. Sometimes it praises our Lord and Father, and sometimes it curses those who have been made in the image of God. And so blessing and cursing come pouring out of the same mouth. My brothers and sisters, this is not right. Does a spring of water bubble out with both fresh water and bitter water? Does a fig tree produce olives or a grapevine produce figs? I don't know. Just switching to Geico save you 15% on your... Anyway, so that's... Um, no, and you can't draw fresh water from a salty spring. Again... Cursing and blessing, cursing and blessing, cursing and blessing. Our tongue can bless people. Our tongue can curse people. Our words can bless people. Our words can curse people. What are we choosing? I believe that every time someone hears a message about the word of God, every time somebody hears a message about Jesus, about faith, you should feel one of two things or some combination. You should either experience encouragement and encouragement would be, I hear the message, I recognize, here's what God says to do, I feel like I'm doing a pretty good job of that, 
let me continue to do that and pray that God would help me to continue to grow in that area. I would say that that's encouragement. The second thing that you might experience is conviction. Conviction is that feeling of, here's what God is saying. I understand what he's saying. I have failed in this area here, here, and here. I don't expect myself to be perfect, but I do expect myself to progress. And so I'm going to try to, right now, I'm going to pray to God, God, this is where I failed. I'm sorry for my failure. Please forgive me for my failure. And now please help me grow. And so the choice you have, we have, most of the time when I give a message, the person I'm preaching to the most is me. And so we have this choice of the next time we're in a situation where our tempers flare or where we're sad or where we're tired or hangry, right? Like where we're in a situation where there's that temptation for our tongues to be set on fire by hell itself and we're going to say something like, I'm about to end this man's whole career, right? Like, and you get that, that feeling inside, <laughs> To be quick to listen, slow to speak, slow to get angry, love your enemies, love your enemies, love your, yes, even that one, love your enemies. And it's can you build prayer from a last resort and turn it into a habit? Can you take prayer and turn it from a last resort and turn it into a habit where it's the first thing that you go to? I'm going to close with this last illustration. Um, Jose, can you grab, I have something that I want you guys to take a look at. Um, I brought a sword. Um, why did I bring a sword? Because if you have the choice between having one and not having one, have a sword. Um, so the Bible is referred to, the word of God, it's so cool. I was listening, so I had thought about speaking out of Ephesians 6, like, before I listened to Pastor Craig's message. And then I listened to the one from last week, and I was like, he said it, right? And I was like so excited. Hey, don't mind the jump, whatever. Um, so he says this thing, and so in Ephesians 6, it says this, um, that the put on salvation as your helmet and take the sword of the Spirit, which is the Word of God. Here's what's really cool. So a sword is only useful if you have it. It's only useful if it's in your hand. Right now, this sword isn't going to do what it's meant to do. Right now, the sword is in its case. Right now, the sword is in hiding. Right now, the sword is away. See, first, what it needs to do is be taken out of its case. Can we get it out of the case? And then what needs to happen is someone who was meant to wield the sword, someone who's meant to hold the sword, needs to go out and use it the way it's supposed to be used. I'm so excited. I want to see the sword. It's, it's shiny. Okay. I'm sorry. Please don't stab me. Thanks. Oh. So, so, okay. I'm just going to. Oh, my goodness. All right. So, okay. True story. So, um, thank you so much. You can, you're good. Thank you. Thank you. Round of applause for Jose. That's awesome. That's great. All right. So, this is actually, so my grandfather was in the Coast Guard. And so, this is like one of the swords. He, this is a sword he got. And it's got the cool little tassel at the bottom. And. It's super shiny, but I won't stab you. <laughs> if I did, you get the point. Anyways, um, <clears throat> so <laughs> the Bible is quick to listen, slow to speak. <laughs> 
So the Bible is referred to as, the word of God is referred to as the sword of the spirit. Here's what's really interesting. That whole passage talks about the armor of God. It says the belt of truth, right? So we can picture a belt, right? It talks about the breastplate of, or the body armor of righteousness. It talks about the shield of faith, salvation as your helmet, and then the sword of the spirit. Do you guys notice anything unique about the sword? It's the only one in that entire list that is an offensive weapon. Everything else in that passage is defense. A helmet defends you. Your salvation protects you. What does it protect you from? Your sin. What does a shield of faith protect you from? Right? The fiery arrows of the devil. That when the enemy is coming at you, when you're in those situations where you have that choice between a positive or negative perspective, your faith in who God is and who he's called us to be, it protects us. The word of God word, right? We've talked about words. The word of God, the sword of the spirit, it's the only offensive weapon in the passage. Here's where people get confused, is it's an offensive weapon, not an offensive weapon, right? Like it's an offensive weapon, not an offensive. See, sometimes we get so caught up in the truth, they're like, let me give you this Bible, right? And and we want (laughs) to, sinner, like, And so that's what we do. And we attack with this. See, this wasn't meant to attack the people that God loves. What it's meant to do is to cut through all of the sin and all of the filth and all of the mess in our own lives so that we can shine brighter. It's kind of like imagine a statue that's covered from top to bottom in mud. We'll make it a gold statue. Gold is cool. Not an idol, though. Anyway. Super shiny, diamonds everywhere, right? But it's all covered in mud. I can't see it. So I'm going to take the sword of the spirit. I'm going to take the word of God and I'm going to explain. Listen, Jesus loves you. You've been doing it your own way for so long. You've been letting all of these things lead you down a wrong path. You've been letting negativity consume you. You let other people's words hold you down. We let the condemnation of others keep us in a prison that God is waiting to cut the lock off of and set us free. We have this ability inside of us. Please catch this. Our purpose, our ability, our perspectives, and the way we affect people, it will never, ever, 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 ever be about us. If it's about us, we fail. If we can lean on God, on the sword of the spirit, there is nothing that we can't cut through. There's nothing that we can't power through. There's no sin that can't be cut away. The Bible tells us that when there's temptation, there is always a way out. There is always a way out. And so that's the challenge. You can't use the sword if you never pick it up. If you never look at the word of God, if you're not in your Bible, if you're not reading, and listen, I struggle with this. I mean, I'll read the Bible app verse of the day, but it took me a while to really get back into, and I still don't do it as much as I should, but it takes time to open it up and to pray for understanding and to ask God to help you to memorize Bible verses. 
The only reason I can say quick to listen, slow to speak, slow to be angry is because I, I have it in my head. It's inside of me now. Another one that I have, because I, I don't know if you guys ever had, I'm sure you guys have never gotten angry in traffic before. But one of the ones I go to is Philippians 4.8. Fix my thoughts. Fix my thoughts on what is right and pure and true and honorable and admirable. What are you doing? Right? You didn't even have your direction. Like, you know, quick to listen, slow to speak, slow to be angry. Fix my thoughts. The word of God is the sword of the spirit. Here's the final summary, right? Our words can affect our perspectives, our people, and our purpose. We were meant to share this with the world. We're meant to be the light of the world. We're meant to bless others with this. So as you guys go into, you get ready to dismiss, I'm sure Jose will come up in a minute after I'm done praying, um, and he'll dismiss you guys, get you guys out to small groups or whatever else. Um, I'll leave you with this final thought. Yes, I'm here for this message, and I absolutely believe in the power of it, and I hope that you guys pray that God would help you to change in whatever way you need to change. I know I have a lot of ways I got to change. There's still a lot of sin left for God to cut away from me. Um, but I talked about working in student ministry. I'm going to be at that table with the mustache on it in the back. Here's the truth. I'm here for two reasons, to give you the word of God and also to shamelessly plug student ministry. So <clears throat> shout out to my people who are here, Hannah, Almaris, Willow, uh, all my, everybody who serves at United. Listen, here it is. We all need words that are encouraging. We all do. This generation of teenagers that's coming up, middle schoolers and high schoolers, Listen, it's on a regular basis. They're coming to me with some crap, <laughs> like just some absolute junk that they're going through with their families, with their friends, with all the stuff in their lives. The fact is that us in this room right now, we are in a unique position to help them. Do I think there's older people who can help students? Sure. But there's something about the people in this room who just went through some of that stuff for some of us that God is a calling on your life to serve somewhere, somewhere in some church doing something. Maybe it's younger kids. Maybe it's traffic team. Amen. Like maybe it's, I don't know. But if you have any interest, I'm not asking you to commit your life. I'm not asking you to, you know, for the next 10 years. I, but if you have any interest at all in being a difference maker and using what God has given you to bless the lives of students, please come see me at that table in the back. All I need is a name, phone number, email, just a way to get a hold of you. I won't, actually, I probably will prank call you. No, I'm just kidding. I, but I like, just want to get a hold of you and reach out because the truth is, I hope you believe this message spoke to you in some way and that messages like this need to be broken up in small groups so you can take something that's big and make it personal and students need that same thing, but it's hard without people who are willing to lead. So anyways, thank you guys for going through my commercial and shameless plug. Um, I don't know if I've ever prayed with a sword in my hand before, so let's do it. God, thank you so much for swords. Um, love you, Lord. Thank you um, for every person in this place tonight. God, I pray that right now, that this wouldn't be a message that we hear and leave behind, but that as we walk out of this place, that you would move those of us who need to step into more encouraging words, more positive perspectives, to sharing the word of God for your glory. Help us to do that. Help us to lean on your strength, not our own. God, I pray that all of these small groups would help us to be more united with you and also with each other. 
God, thank you so much for the opportunity to be here today. I pray that your will is done. It's in Jesus' name we pray. Amen.